Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove coming to you from Dortmund. I'm joined by Anya Castle, the United editor, Aaron Stokes, in the lovely lobby of our hotel, just a stone throw away from Borussia Dortmund's home ground, where Newcastle United will play tonight in what is a must-win Champions League clash. Aaron, we're going to talk about Eddie Howe's press conference, which took place on Monday. He was joined by defender Fabian Chair. But before we do that, because we have to be honest, it wasn't the most light-hearted press conference. There was um, a few negatives to come out of it, specifically injury news, and we will get onto that. So I don't want to start on a bad foot. I want to start with some positivity. It's a must-win game for Newcastle United, but as I suggested on the Monday show, they can most certainly pick up all three points. Absolutely. I think I think for three reasons they can, because one, um, they'll have learnt so much from their last away game in the Champions League at Milan. They'll be much stronger this time, much more used to playing in this competition. Two, we saw what they did at PSG on the day. They can beat any of these teams in the group. And actually, point three, I think even though they lost to Dortmund last time out, we saw enough in the second half to think, OK, these aren't, you know, the best team in the group. Newcastle United can take some points off of them. I was obviously in that stadium last night. Um, it, there was probably only 20 people in it. There'll be about however many it holds tomorrow. It'll be a lot busier, but you can already tell it's going to be absolutely fantastic. The away end looks like it's a very good spot for the fans. They're going to have a very, very good time. Um, and they're going to have to be on their game to, you know, to be louder than the yellow wall. 81,000, I believe, the stadium holds. And it's a sellout. Um, now... We made a bit of a, an error in judgment last night. We, of course, were stopping in Dortmund. And I have to say, ladies and gents, it was dead. Like, it was a ghost town. You log on to social media and Dusseldorf, that's where all the Geordies are. They're coming in to the centre of Dortmund today around about midday. So we'll head out after this podcast and catch up with them. Um, but it was very yeah, it was very quiet last night in the, in the city centre, which was quite interesting. But the atmosphere is going to be so much different that, that, that it's all set up for the fans to arrive. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But you mentioned there about the Dortmund game the last time out at St James Park. And someone said last night to me, how many times does Eddie Howe get tactically done twice by the same team? And the answer is not very often because he's a manager who learns from his mistakes. Previous managers, and we'll mention one of them later in the show when we talk about Fabian Scher, just didn't. You know, they believed their approach was right. There was some other you know, reason for an error. There was some other reason for a defeat. But Eddie Howe will always learn from his mistakes. And what went wrong against Dortmund, specifically in the first half against Newcastle at St James Park, won't happen again um, here in Germany. As I say, I'm confident Newcastle will win. But just talk to us as you think about what Eddie Howe maybe learned tactically from the last game out. Uh, have we all seen that that footage of Kieran Trippier watching the Arsenal game back twice the other day? Well, Eddie Howe will have watched the Dortmund game back probably about seven times. He will not want the same to happen again. And the only sort of worry I've got about them being undone is the fact that they're coming to this stadium and how big it's going to be and how noisy it's going to be and how Dortmund, you know, yes, I've just said that they're beatable given what we saw in the last game, but actually they've been on a fantastic run at home. Um, but as you say, they don't um, usually get done twice. And actually, I know we're going to talk about the injuries in a minute. And it's all looking a bit doom and gloomy. But, you know, the predicted team that we've put out on Chronicle Live this morning looks, still looks very strong. There's still a very, very strong team there. And I think if Newcastle United click, as we see them click so often, I think they can give Dortmund a really, really good game. And I think 
just going back to that first game, yes, they got undone a little bit in the first half and it was a bit of an onslaught, but actually, by the end of the game, Eddie Howard sort of worked it out and Dortmund were really under pressure. And on another day, Wilson doesn't hit the ball and Gorn doesn't hit the ball and, and, and Newcastle win that game. Um, so they can take huge positives into it. They just need to hope that the experience doesn't maybe overawe them like it did in Milan. Yeah, fingers crossed. And yeah, they've still got a point in Milan. I don't think that'll be enough this time around. Now, you mentioned yesterday on the Monday show and about Newcastle United once again trained at Benson before flying over. Milan is some arena to play in and it, I think it took some of the players 10, 15 minutes just to get used to the setting. But this stadium is something completely different. The yellow wall, is it takes it up to another level. Do you... I mean, look, anyhow, we'll have his reasons... Um, but do you think, just in terms of getting the players settled, it might have been better for them to train yesterday at the stadium and then just remove the risk of them being, I think, starstruck by, by what's to come tonight? Absolutely. Now, Eddie Howe, you know, naturally was quizzed about this for about half an hour last time in Milan because obviously the flight was delayed, the preparation was really set back. And we were sort of sat there in the press room saying, Eddie, come on, what, you know, why? Yes, we know you, you like to stick your traditions. Yes, we know that you love to train at Benton and you want to make it feel as close to a, a home game as you can. But give the players the chance to see the stadium. And Eddie Howe thinks it's overrated. I completely disagree with Eddie Howe. And it's not often that I do that, but I am this time. I think there's no harm in giving these players a little look around the stadium. I don't think it's going to overall them. I don't think it's going to leave them starstruck. I think it's just going to give them a little bit of... You know, know how about what the stadium could be. They're going to come out. They're going to know where the fans are. You know, they're going to know what the pitch is like. So I, I completely disagree with Eddie. And I mean, there was a little joke made in the press conference last night that they made it on time this time. There could have been, given the flight cancellation yesterday, there was a real possibility Newcastle's flight could have been delayed again. You know, it, it's not ideal preparation. Eddie Howe, you know, doesn't seem to be changing his ways anytime soon. But it's, it, I must say, I, I don't agree with him not letting the players train or at least get a look around the stadium before the game. Yeah, I just think it would help them settle. But obviously, as we've said there, you know, Eddie Howe has his reasons and that's why he's paid the big bucks. Now, we have a, a clip from Eddie Howe and he's going to talk about Dan Burns' injury. But just before I play that and then we get into to the injury, looking at the video from yesterday's press conference, I have to say Eddie Howe did not look overly pleased. He looked quite angry. Um, what was your thoughts on, on? I know you were in the room. Is that is that a fair conclusion that I've that I've that I've made there? Yeah, I'm starting to wonder whether he maybe just doesn't like us when he leaves Newcastle because in Milan it was a very very tense press conference. Obviously because they were delayed, they'd left us waiting with sort of known information. But yesterday it was slightly different because one he had to talk about a lot of negatives, injuries. Two. There was a lot of questions about Arsenal that he just did not want to get caught up on. He didn't want, want to talk about Arsenal and the controversy that followed. And also, a journalist's uh, phone went off about 30 seconds into the press conference and that ringtone sort of caught Eddie off guard a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because he wasn't talking about too, you know, too much positive that he was maybe a little bit angry. But I, I did get that. It wasn't as tense as Milan. But... But I don't know, maybe Eddie's just thinking, look, I'm here now, I've just landed. I want to get the hotel, I want to get settled. The ringtone was Ski Sunday, ladies and gents. Um, and yes, anyhow, we're not overly pleased. You go on social media, 
you can find which journalist's phone it was um, because he's tweeted about it himself. But yes, Ski Sunday on an iPhone as well. I didn't think you could change your iPhone ringtone, but apparently you can. Um, so there you have it. Yeah, anyhow, not looking overly pleased. Maybe he'd already checked in and, and got, uh, he was promised a, a city view and ended up getting a brick wall. Who knows? Um, let's hear from anyhow then about Dan Burns' injury. The Newcastle United manager confirming, unfortunately, some bad news about the Newcastle United left. You obviously don't have your injury problems to to seek at the moment. Dan Byrne got injured with his back at, at the weekend. How is he ahead of this one? Is there any chance of him featuring? Unfortunately not. Dan will be out for some time, I think. So it's another long-term problem. A couple of months. Is it a sort of a speculative number for us? Um, he uh, landed on his spine... I think he's got a problem with uh, yeah, the base of his spine, so uh, a huge blow. I guess a huge blow for you in terms of what he brings to the team, but also his character behind behind the scenes and what he's like in the dressing room. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a you know, he's been gigantic for us since he signed for lots of different reasons as I've continually said. Um his character, his determination to win, um his experience and his versatility as well. So it's not just Sort of one position we're losing, we're, lis- we're losing his ability to play centre back as well. So, um, but it's something we have to roll with. So there we have it, Aaron. I mean, some time is the word from Eddie Howe. He then says, obviously, two months is a speculative um, estimate. My first thought when I heard this was, some time gives him a little bit of wriggle room, and if he starts tonight against Dortmund, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I mean, obviously, by what he says there. You say 80%, 90%, he's not playing. But honestly, we've been here before where we're fully expecting another player to, to come out and there comes the player that is supposedly out for a long time. Is this one slightly different, you think? It's like the boy who cried wolf, isn't it? You know, you tell so many lies, eventually nobody's going to believe you. Now, I think this one is slightly different, although saying that, we did hear that Jacob Murphy was going to be out for months just a couple of weeks ago, and he rocks up at St James's Park on Saturday, um, although that didn't turn out the best for him. I think this is slightly different. Anyhow, didn't want to be sort of uh, bogged down in the actual details of how long exactly it was going to be, but it does sound like it's going to be a couple of months for Dan Byrne. It does seem like he's he's damaged the bottom of his spine, um, you know, flying over the top of Joe Linton the other night against Arsenal, um, and that's looking like a really, really bad injury and also to make matters worse in the same position you're also looking at an absence of two or three months for Matt Target with his hamstring he might have to undergo an operation he was seen a specialist last night um, to see the severity of that I mean they're dropping like flies in that position um, and then of course we, you know, we need to talk about Jacob Murphy There's obviously we know about Sandro Tonali Harvey Barnes remains out Elliot Anderson remains out it's looking really really stretched and that was the word that Eddie Howe used last night Hans Van Botman, and there doesn't seem to be a, a comeback date for him, which is, is rather worrying. But yeah, Dan Byrne, huge, huge loss. He's been absolutely fantastic. You can count the number of games he's actually missed in the last couple of seasons on, on one hand. You know, he's infectious. I mean, he'll be in the dressing room. You know, the Sandra Tonali situation, you can imagine he might not always be around if he doesn't want to be. I think the club will offer that chance. But if he doesn't want to, you know, you know, always be around I don't think he will have to be but Dan Byrne I think will want to be every step of the journey even if he's not playing um, so you know I think he'll be he'll be there tonight won't he you would imagine um, but yeah the injuries my target very unfortunate because he's the ready-made replacement every time he's come on he's not let the club down it's just unfortunate it seems that every time he gets an opportunity my target he then picks up an injury and you've got to say as well as he does in those cameos that he's had 
it's starting to look a bit of a waste of 15 million unfortunately we wish him well um and, and, and a quick recovery but as aaron says there he looks like he's on the list of long-term absentees that then leaves us with the dilemma of who actually starts at left back as we mentioned yesterday the go-to is Livermento at right back and Kieran Trippier at left back but is there a case for perhaps Kieran Trippier at right back and Lewis Hall at left back well I did actually try to quiz Eddie Howe about this specific question last night and I spoke about it in the YouTube video that I did after the game obviously the options are short in that position you would imagine it's Tino on the right Trippier on the left you know, Eddie Howe wouldn't get drawn in if that was his long-term thing. He said Lewis Hall's been very good, but I think, yes, Lewis Hall's been very good, but I don't think he's at the level of Tino yet. You know, we've seen Tino come in and play three or four really impressive games. Lewis Hall was absolutely fantastic against Manchester United. Eddie Howe said so last night, but I don't think we're ready yet to see him thrown in from the outset on a regular basis. Maybe the odd game, maybe the cup game, but I, but I think for as long as Howe can do it, it'll be Trippier left. Livermento right, which is absolutely fine. I've seen a few people on social media this morning already saying they can't wait to see him overlap and going down the left like we see so often on the right. It gives Tino a huge opportunity to build on what's been an absolutely fantastic start. Um, but it is also going to mean a lot more opportunities for Lewis Hall, which is what fans have been absolutely crying out for. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay and so are we. Yeah. Indeed, uh, and it's going to be interesting because Kieran Trippier hasn't had the best of games in, in, in recent weeks. If he goes to left-back, it's a little bit of a different challenge, perhaps a bit more defensive, so it might suit him slightly, but then he does like to be expansive. It's going to be certainly interesting. Um, and, it, you know, it's a big stage. It's a must-win game, and for you to have to change your team in such a... Look, not in terms of formation or tactically, but in terms of personnel, and you're chucking in one of two youngsters, I mean, that is a big thing to have to be doing, to lose the experience of Dan Byrne. Look, I don't think many people will argue that whoever you bring in at left-back will be better than Dan Byrne offensively, but, you know, on the flip side, you're just totally disrupting a back four, um, which I know isn't the first choice back four because Botman's out, but a back four that has performed really, really well over the last few weeks. Well, you said at the start of the show, I want to be positive, and I'm going to do that right now because I think... If any player could deal with a positional change in this team, it's Kieran Trippier. He could play anywhere, really. He could play left-back, right-back, centre-back, in net, probably, if he was a little bit taller. And then, on the other hand, you've got Tino Livramento, and yes, it's a big thing to throw him in, potentially his Champions League debut from the start tonight in a very, very daunting place. But look what he did against Manchester City when he was thrown in. Look what he did against Manchester United. And look, you know, the other night against Arsenal, he was equally as good coming off the bench. So... Actually, I think tonight could be the making of him. You know, this is the type of game where he could actually, you know, really write his name in the history books with a massive performance. But I do wonder whether the way you get at Dortmund is just to attack them. I mean, against Bayern Munich, I know Newcastle are not Bayern Munich. Their defence at home was all I'd see. I was in the restaurant last night having a bite tweeting out the, the highlights on the TV, and I was absolutely baffled, shocked. It just how much space Harry Kane was being granted, you know, 
give me the ball 10 yards out and I'm scoring one of those uh, three goals he scored. The diff Aaron's not, not too sure. Well, before we go on, if he wants to make that joke, he talks about Kieran Trippier being a bit taller. Ladies and gents, he barely reaches five for five, this lad. Um, he can't reach the crossbar. But yeah, I wonder whether you just go a bit, a bit more attacking, a bit more belief. And that's maybe where Lewis Hall comes in. I know Liv Mento did fantastic down the right, but some of the passes Lewis Hall was pinging about against Manchester United, I wonder if maybe that's the key to unlock Dortmund, it, it depends who's in front of him, you know, because we, we, we're talking like it's going to be Gordon, but Callum Wilson's running on fumes. You know, there's some big decisions to be made tonight, and, you know, we, you know, each decision has a knock-on effect, I think, um, in terms of who plays where. Didn't think I'd get a nibble out of you there, but I did, so thank you for that. But, yeah, I mean, you're completely right. I mean, I think, it, you know, if I was a betting man, I think it's going to be Tino and, and Trippier. I think that's the two he goes for. I think it would be, yes, Lewis Hall, I think it would be a fantastic opportunity. You're absolutely right about the, the attacking nature of his game. He was so good going forward at, um, at Manchester United. He was, he was spectacular. But I think to leave Tino out after his run of games would be a big, big call. And I think um, Lewis Hall now, though, provides a massive option off the bench because they haven't actually got a lot of them at the minute, you know. There's going to be a lot of youngsters in that squad tonight, given that they've only got you know 16 senior players. We, there's no Richie, no Craft tonight because they weren't registered, which a lot of people will be forgetting. Um, there will probably be an opportunity for Lewis Hall, even if it's off the bench tonight. Yeah, big, big evening for some of them youngsters. I'm assuming one of them will be Amadou Diallo. He was on the bench against Manchester United, and then you know Lewis Miley would it, would it, would, it would expect to be involved as well. He was back on the bench um, in the last. League game. You also had Mr. Fabian Che to chat to, and one of the questions I want to want to just pick up on is he was asked about whether he's proved Steve Bruce wrong. Now, obviously, under Steve Bruce, Fabian Che was not a first choice defender. We have to also say though, I mean, he wasn't Rafa Benitez's first choice to sign. He's both third or fourth on the list, so you know it's not all uh, uh, Bruce's fault. Um, oh, I hate the fact I've just called him Bruce. It's not all Steve Bruce Steve Bruce's fault. Um, don't unsub unsubscribe because of that, please. Um, what did he have to say about proving Bruce wrong? Well, it was a very, that was the exact question put to him. Have you proved the, the previous manager wrong? And, and Shea sort of took a moment and smiled and smirked and went, well, I'm sorry, you'll have to ask him. There was then another question sort of aimed at him and someone said, oh, you know, you, there was, you know, naysayers said you couldn't play in a back four, you could only play in a back five. And he sort of smirked at that one and said, who said that? Who said that? It was a very, very funny press conference from Fabian Scher. Um, and it was good to hear from him because we don't hear from him too often. Um, but he certainly feels like he's, he's proved Steve Bruce wrong. And it, there was so much love for Eddie Howe. He spoke of how he's saved his career, how he's the best manager he's ever worked under. He, there was talk of this is the best dressing room he's ever been a part of. There was a, it was a proper, proper, you know, gushing of love for Eddie Howe. It was a little bit cringy at times, but you can tell it's a, a player who really, really appreciates what this manager's done because it's so easy to forget how far down the peck he was. I mean, he couldn't get in the team above Kieran Clark and Federico Fernandez at one point. So close to leaving. And I mean, now, you know, I mean, he's probably playing the best form he's ever played at Newcastle United. I like Fabian Cech because there's just an absolute arrogance about him, isn't there? Like, he knows that once he retires, he's going to be absolutely fine. You go back to his career in the city. There's just an arrogance about him on and off the pitch. And, um, yeah, he's got some tremendous hair as well. I mean, you know, I think everyone fancies him. Um, we mentioned there him playing the best football of his career. And he's alongside Jamal Lascelles, who is also playing the best football of his career. And I'm just going to say this, ladies and gents, and, you know, pinch yourself. You're not dreaming. 
Newcastle United in the Champions League in 2023 with a centre-back pairing of Fabian Scher and Jamal Lascelles. And not only that, they are playing absolutely fantastic. It's not a dream, it is reality. Aaron, can you quite believe it? Well, Cher was actually asked that exact question last night um, by Lee Ryder because, I mean, these two players have been in the trenches. These two players have, you know, seen the lowest of the low in recent years and somehow lived to fight another day. And it's credit to both of them because, you know, under the previous managers and the previous regimes, they didn't look like Champions League players, even though Newcastle United didn't look like a Champions League team. Um, but it's credit to them for how much they've both improved and really how, as we say every week on the podcast, I'm absolutely delighted for Jamal Lascelles to be able to walk out this team in the Champions League at such a big occasion. And I tell you what, given how they've played um, the last couple of games, and I'm going to touch wood while I'm doing this to not, to not jinx it, they could quite easily keep a clean sheet at Signal Duna Park this evening. Yeah. Why not? Just keep the focus. You know, them two have looked really well together. Good partnership. I think they understand each other. Um, yeah, I'm back them to keep a clean sheet and to get all three points. Just talk to me, just just ever so briefly, Aaron, about the fact that the such limited numbers, we've mentioned there, there's going to be some youngsters in the squad. Um, how many, the players are, a lot of the players, you mentioned Callum Wilson, for instance, running on empty if if he needs to change things anyhow, he hasn't really got the options. And you know, we saw against Manchester United, for instance, they were three 0 up. He brings on Callum Wilson. He brings on Bruno Gomes. He talked about you know wanting to get minutes on the belt, training session. But he didn't throw on you know Amadou Diallo, for example. Now that would have been maybe the perfect chance to introduce Diallo to first team football. In reality, it looks like he was there, unfortunately, to make up the numbers. If he's not introducing him when you're 3-0 up against Manchester United, he's not introducing him, you know, if Diallo is on the bench, if Miley's on the bench. Maybe Miley's a different case, but you expect there'll be two or three other youngsters. Them youngsters are not going to get introduced, surely, in Germany, regardless of the score, right? Yeah, I think I think you're bang on. If they're not if they're not coming on at 3-0 up at Old Trafford when the game was absolutely done, you can't see him throwing them on unless they're somehow 4-5 or five and up tonight, which... You know, as easier said than done. I'm just looking at this bench here on my screen from the Arsenal game. Richie, who can't play tonight. Tino, who is going to start. Murphy now injured. Willick could come into the team. Dubravka obviously will be on the bench. Dummett, I don't. Is Dummett registered? Dummett is registered, isn't he? I think he is. Kraft, who isn't registered. Lewis Hall, who will probably get a chance. And Lewis Miley. I mean, there's not a lot of options there at all. I mean, you know, these youngsters are going to have to be something special to even get in above them but you're looking at that and thinking really there's only really Willock, Miley, Hall who might start on the bench tonight that you think could maybe come in and do anything the rest are either injured or, or, or you know unregistered so so yeah really really stretched as Eddie Howe said and, and I know we said this on the Monday show and I can't believe I'm saying this but sort of part of me thinks role on the international break. We saw Alexander Izak back in training yesterday. Huge, huge boost. We don't think he'll be available for tonight. Uh, Dummett is um, registered for those who were wondering. Um, so Alexander Izak back, be, you know, being back is a huge boost. We need this international break to hopefully get a couple of numbers back. We're still waiting on a diagnosis and a return date for Ben Botman, which doesn't look good, uh, given the fact he did that injury so long ago. We obviously have Bruno Barnes for uh, Bournemouth, which is another massive blow. Um, yeah, as you say, you just need to hope that the adrenaline gets them through these fumes of the last two games. 
Yeah, and there's no better way to uh, boost that adrenaline than playing in this fantastic uh, arena tomorrow, uh, tonight rather against Borussia Dortmund. It's believed Ben Parkinson and Lucas De Ball are two of the, the youngsters called up. We'll wait, remain to uh, be seen who else is uh, on the bench. Elliot Anderson, unfortunately, obviously injured. I mean, would have been a big opportunity for him. The final thing I just want to talk about is Alexander Isbak. He's, he's back. Isaac. Uh, he is back. Yeah, Alexander. Yeah, hey, Alexander is back. Like what we did there. Good recovery. Alexander Isaac pictured in training. He was pictured wearing one of the fitness trackers as well. And a lot of people say, well, would he would he be wearing one of those fitness trackers if he wasn't close to returning? I can see the <laughs> the point. I can I can understand the internal optimism in people when they say that. I think he would be wearing that regardless because they just want to check how he's doing. Did Eddie Howe have anything to say about potentially using him tomorrow? Um, will he be on the bench? I mean, you're not assuming that he's going to stop, but surely involved maybe? If I'm completely honest, I don't actually think Eddie Howe was asked about it. That just shows, you know, you can't get the staff in these press conferences. Um, so I don't think he was asked about it, if I'm honest. And I actually think that I've heard a whisper that he was only training on his own back out on the grass for the first time. Now, saying that, is this a classic Eddie Howe master plan and Dortmund thinking, oh, he's never going to play and bang, he starts tonight. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of trying to guess what Eddie Howe is going to do with his team. If I was a betting man, I would say he's not going to be fit. But I tell you what, I would not be surprised if Isaac starts tonight. Have you ever... I don't know if hate's the right word. Have you ever been so irritated at a manager and yet loved him so much? Well, I, I unfortunately wasn't at the Chronicle for Steve Bruce, but I bet he was an absolute goldmine for the journalist because every press promise probably came out with about 10 or 15 lines and you knew there were truth because Bruce, uh, Steve Bruce didn't really have a filter. With Eddie Howe, one, he doesn't tell you anything. Two, you, know, you never know if he's telling the truth. So that's the one negative. Eddie, come on, just give us a little bit more. But I tell you what, that's the only negative I can think of. Yeah, fantastic. And it's about two years as well since he, uh, he took over as Newcastle United manager. Newcastle United have not looked back since. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Another episode here from Dortmund. All that remains to be done, Aaron, is to get your score prediction. I'll jump in before you. I'm going to go... Ugh. I'm always a man who likes to see the first thing that comes into my head in this instance, and it was 3-0 Newcastle. The look on your... Aaron says I've got to go for it. Okay, 3 0 Newcastle United. Callum Wilson with the opener. Uh, I will go 2 1 Newcastle, and I think that it'll be. I think they'll take the lead through Miggy, and then I think Dortmund will come back, and then I think Cher's going to win it in front of the away end. With it, then he lifts his t shirt up and he says, Steve Bruce, I told you so. Right? That's how, that's how it ends. Well, chaps, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Please hit subscribe. Please follow the podcast. Leave us a rating and view and share it amongst your Newcastle United support and friends and family. If you're watching the game from Tyneside, enjoy it. If you're watching it from wherever you are in the world, enjoy it. If you're here in Dortmund and you see me now and knocking about this afternoon, come and say hello. But wherever you are, we always appreciate your support. Enjoy the rest of the day. And here's to Newcastle United picking up three points against Borussia Dortmund.